I was thinking about that question. How is it, I mean, I know I'm a Christian, and I think you all probably know or assume that I'm a Christian, but when you think about it, how does everyone else in the world, slides guys, know that you're a Christian? How do they, what proof would they have that you are a follower of Jesus? We're going to answer that question this morning because Jesus was very specific when he said there was going to be one way that people know that you're a Christian. And believe it or not, it doesn't have anything to do with the conventional ways that we think of. You might say, well, people know I'm a Christian because I go to church. How do they know that, especially these days? People know I'm a Christian because I was baptized. Well, how do they know that unless you just carry a a picture around of your moment of baptism? How how do they know that? I'm a Christian because I I worship and I, I do the right things. But how do they know that? As we think about this series called Let Us, we're thinking about how we are uh, called to show our faith in Christ. How other people will know. The answer to that is found in John chapter 13. If you're following along, I hope that you'll turn to John chapter 13. Verses 34 and 35. Now, the the context, of course, is that Jesus is preparing for his death. He is trying to not just prepare himself, but his disciples. He has washed the disciples' feet. He has showed them the example that he set for us of how to live. He calls out that Judas is going to betray him, and then Judas leaves, and then he says these words. John chapter... uh, Maybe I said 13, but uh, if I said John chapter 12, I meant John 13. John chapter 13, we're going to look at starting in verse 31. When he had gone out, that's Judas, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so I now say to you also, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's not about going to church. It's not about being baptized. It's not about how you worship. It's not even about reading your Bible. I'm not saying those aren't good and that those things aren't important. What I am saying is that's not the measure by which people know if you're a disciple of Jesus. The answer is in verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. 
that's a good answer, but that's not an easy answer, is it? That can be sort of challenging sometimes. Because in the body of Christ, we have a, a wide variety of ages, opinions, uh, economics, skin colors, politics. Think, how in the world are we supposed to do that? You know, we think about that with our body here at Northside. But even within Jesus' own group of followers, just those 12, they had quite a few disagreements, I'm sure. And tax collectors and zealots getting together in the same room at the same table. I'm sure, I'm sure if they had had Facebook back in that day, there would have been some interesting wall posts. According to Jesus, however, this was what makes the difference. This one thing makes all the difference, and this one thing shows truly whether or not you're a disciple of Jesus. If you can love one another. According to Jesus, you see, love is the measure. Love is the standard by which we are, our, our love for God is shown. Our love to others is the truest and best measure of our love toward him. If I were to ask you, if you love God, raise your hand. Okay, Very good, most of you are paying attention. Okay, But that's not the measure, is it? If I were to ask you to show how much you love God, you know, by this or by this, well, that wouldn't be the measure either. Jesus says, by this one thing, by how you love each other. Loving God really is not that hard. You know why? Because his love for us is without question. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 says this, We love because he first loved us. God's love for us is without question. There's, that's easy, right? He knows all of our shortcomings, all of our flaws, all of the ways in which we fall short, and yet still, he loves us. As the prodigal father loved the prodigal son, and he also loved the older brother. The father's love is perfect. So loving him in return, well, that's not hard to do. But Jesus said, no, that's not, that's not the measure. The measure of how much you love God in return is shown by how you love, him, uh, love others in return. Loving people is harder. It's not easy to do. Uh, people can be different. People can be irritable. People can be angry. Uh, people can see things differently than you. People can challenge you. And loving those type of people is the most important. We show our love toward God by how we love one another. In Matthew chapter 25, we get a picture of the final judgment day. And we talked about the the sheep and the goats a couple of weeks ago. But I want to focus really on one verse, really not even just one verse, but really just one word of one verse 
of the depiction of the end of time. The final judgment day. Verse 40 of Matthew 25. And the king will answer to them. And maybe just ask the question, when did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? When did we see you? If we'd saw you, we would have done those things for you. And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. That's a, that's a small word that means such a big, makes such a big impact. The king will answer, as you did it to them, you did it to me. So in other words, your measure for God would really not be able to something that you can measure yourself. It's something that everyone else would get to measure for you. Your family? How do they know that you love God? By how you show them. Your neighbors? How do they know? Do you do you love your you love your literal neighbors? Do you know the names of your neighbors? I mean, that's pretty close to literally loving your neighbor. And in our world, most of us don't even know our neighbors. If you were to give them the measure and say, well, how much do you think I love God? You say, I don't even know you, let alone know if you love God. How do you love your coworkers? How do you love... Strangers on Facebook, there's many of you really talented at getting in really excellent debates with perfect strangers, people that you don't even know. But that's not the measure, is it? The measure is how much you love them. As you did it to one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it also to me. When we think about it like that, then the things that we do for one another in the body of Christ are bigger than you know. And really, when you take food to someone, have you taken food to anyone this year? When you sent a card to someone, have you sent a card to anyone this year? When you visit someone who's lonely, or you even do it in a socially distanced manner. Have you visited anyone this year? When you said, I'll be a prayer pal and pray for the next generation, have you done that this year? As you did it to one of the least of these brothers of mine. You did it also to me. That's the measure. And, and all of these small, seemingly insignificant acts of devotion and love and kindness, they may seem small, but they are much, much bigger than you think. Because if, the tr- if, if it is true that whatever you did to these brothers of mine you did to me, then then I guess it would also be true that whatever you did not do, you also did not do to me. Look again at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. 
And we're going to read a little bit farther because we just started with God's love. John is the apostle of love. He was the disciple whom Jesus loved. He writes a lot about it in his letters and in the gospel. And he starts by talking about God's love and how he is love. And, you know, we are loved by him first. But then he goes on to say this. If anyone says or claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. For just a moment, stop looking at the preacher. Some of you are already there. Stop looking at the preacher. Don't look at me. If I look at you, I will call out your name and I will tell everyone your cell phone number. Okay? I don't want to see your eyes. Look at everyone else except the preacher. Okay? We've got an auditorium that allows people to do that. Uh, if you're watching at home, look to the people who are sitting on the couch with you. Okay? Because this is what John is saying. We come in here to worship. We gather online to worship. And you all worship someone that you cannot see. You've never seen heretofore in your life. John says, you're a hypocrite, a liar, and and deceiving yourself. If you think you're worshiping a God that you can't see, and yet you refuse to love the very people that you can see sitting right next to you who are in your life. That is convicting. Or it should be. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to take communion here in, in, in a bit. And I want to call you to a, a, a verse, and I want to ask you to think of it in a slightly different way. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul instructing the church at Corinth And he says, uh, this is verse 27. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And so, perhaps during the Lord's Supper, as you've done, as I've done, we sit there and we think, examine ourselves, we examine our lives, and we think about that, and we think about the body of Jesus hanging on the cross. And But let's think about the word body in the second way, which Paul's actually going to talk about in the very next chapter. Because this is the very problem the church of Corinth had. They refused to discern the body. Not just the body of Jesus, but the body of Christ, the church. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. So may we not just remember the body crucified on the cross, 
and what that was done. But may we also discern one another and think about the body of Christ and how important it is that we love one another. You see, anyone can claim to love God. That is not hard to do. And it's really not even hard to want to do. But only those who show love to their brothers and sisters in Christ actually do. God will say, you can say you love me all you want, but do you show you love me? How do I do that, Lord? By showing it toward one another. This is the second point. Love is not just about saying it, it's about showing it. Love has to move. Love is a verb. It must move and act to be useful. We're good at love the noun, but as the the word uses it, love is a verb. It is meant to be acted upon. John, again, writing this, he calls out the called out in First uh, John chapter 3. He writes these words, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Okay. It's not about saying it. It's not about using the word. It's not about showing the four different Greek words for love and all of that. It's all very interesting, but it doesn't really matter. What really matters is showing it, is doing it, is acting upon it. Dylan and Sheila Hodson are here this morning, okay? And uh, I want you to imagine when they brought home a little Dimitri... If they did something like this, they brought little Dimitri home, they had the nursery all set up, and they gently put Dimitri in the crib and walked away and said, we love you, we love you, Dimitri, we love you so much. But they never took any other action. They never fed him, they never clothed him, they never changed a diaper, they never, as he grew up, never disciplined him. They, they, they never took any action. All they would do is say, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. And, and that may be all well and good, but after some time, we would call the police on them. Why? They said they loved him. They, they used the right words but they were negligent in their actions. Now, Dylan and Sheila, I can pick on them. I know they're very loving parents, and they love them. They, look, they're even holding them right now. They're thinking, do I have to bring them up? No, they don't have to do anything like that. I'm, I'm just making a point that we understand in a human world and with our own physical children that we, we do love them with our hearts and our minds, and we tell them we love them. But parents love their children in an active way. We feed them, we clothe them, we we take care of them, we do so many things, especially when they're very young, for them that they cannot do for themselves. These are all actions that have to be done. And failure to take action we would call being negligent. 
I want to take you to what the brother of Jesus would call spiritual negligence. James chapter 4, verse 17 says, <clears throat> and John, or, uh, James is, uh, somebody once said that his letter is Jesus was with blue jeans on. In other words, Jesus getting to work. Jesus putting his work gloves on. Jesus' words put into action. James chapter 4, verse 17 And the ESV reads this way. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, sins. We can be guilty of spiritual negligence because we fail to put love into action. And to do things in a loving way. So may we love enough to act. And also, because it's not just a matter of doing, may we make sure that all that we do is done in love. Um, and go back to the letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, Paul, we know the church at Corinth had a lot of issues and a lot of struggles. Um, at the end of his letter, in chapter 16, he's kind of writing some final instructions, and he he call he says this verse 14 uh, he says let all you do be done in love let all you do be done in love that makes a difference i'm a doer i'm i'm a i'm a task oriented kind of guy and this is one that's very convicting for me because I can do a lot of things but not have love for the people for which I do them. I have to work when I'm preparing a message and delivering a message and trying to get my mind and my heart in the right place to love the people that I preach to. To love them in a way that Christ loved them. Love makes all the difference. There was a uh, gentleman who took 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he was thinking about this idea of love being an action. And he said, maybe we should consider loving people as God loves us. So he went through 1 Corinthians 13, and he wrote this. Because God loves me, he is slow to lose patience with me. Because God loves me, he takes the circumstances of my life and uses them in a constructive way for my growth. Because God loves me, he does not treat me as an object to be possessed or manipulated. Because God loves me, he has no need to impress me with how great and powerful he is because he is God. Nor does he belittle me as his child in order to show me how important that he is. Because God loves me, he is for me. He wants to see me mature. He wants what's best for me. Because God loves me, he does not send his wrath on every little mistake I make, of which there are many. Because God loves me, he does not keep score of all my sins and then beat me over the head with him every chance he has. Because God loves me, he is deeply grieved to his heart when I do not walk in ways that please him. Because God loves me, he rejoices when I experience his power and strength and stand up under the pressure of life for his namesake. 
because God loves me, he keeps working patiently with me, even when I feel like giving up, and I can't see why he doesn't give up on me as well. Because God loves me, he keeps on trusting me, even at times when I do not trust myself. Because God loves me, he never says there is no hope. Rather, he patiently works with me. He loves me and disciplines me in such a way that it's hard for me to understand the depth of his concern for me. Because God loves me, he never forsakes me, even though many others might. The the question is not whether God loves you. The question, the challenge is, do we love others in that way? Do we love others the way that God loves us? This is what we are called to do. In fact, this is the let us verse from 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever, lo- whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. May we never love without action. And may we never act without love. And may our love, and may the love from God, drive us to act and to show that love toward others. And may each and every act that we take be motivated by love. John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey my commands. My question is not, does Jesus love you? We know that. The question is, do you love Jesus? Have you obeyed his commands? Have you done what he asked you to do? Have you believed in him, shown faith in him? Have you put him on in baptism? If you haven't done that, you can join us this morning. We're going to stand and sing a song. You can meet our shepherds at the back, and they'll help you make that happen. Because it's not a matter of him loving you. We know that that's true. We want to know, do you love him? If you do, you obey what he said to do. And if you've been convicted this morning that you haven't been showing the kind of love that God shows you, and you need to repent of that, you need to agree with God, maybe you need to do something about that in a public way, our shepherds will be glad to help you with that as well. If you do have a need this morning, uh, won't you see our shepherds at the back? The rest of us stand and sing at this time.